Thank you, Ed. Welcome again, everybody. Today, we're going to continue a conversation that we started, uh, that Ed started with us last Sunday, where we are looking at the book of Romans, chapter 8. Now, we've been on Sunday morning studying through the book of Romans for some time now, but last Sunday, we started on chapter 8, and we call this little section, we're referring to it as the greatest chapter. And the reason we're talking about that, or the reason we chose that name is because it is widely believed or widely held opinions by people who are like real scholarly and and study in scripture that Romans chapter 8 may just be the biggest, baddest, boldest, most awesome book or the most awesome chapter in the entire Bible. And we kind of agree. Romans chapter 8 is so packed with truth and so much explanation of what it looks like to live a life according to faith and according to the Holy Spirit of God. So Romans chapter 8 is indeed the greatest chapter. You could play that game. You ever play that game called uh, Deserted Island where you say, hey, if you were stuck on a deserted island like Tom Hanks and Castaway, what would, and you could only have one, let's say in this case, one book of the Bible, what would it be? And for me, I would probably say the book of Romans. Because it has, it carries in it the truth, really, of all of Scripture. And if I could only choose one chapter, I would probably choose Romans chapter 8. So today, we're going to, this morning, our our conversation is going to be about seven verses. In Romans chapter 8, we're going to go through verse 5 through verse 11. So why don't we just jump right in? We're going to start by looking at verses 5 and 6. So let's take a look on the screen. Verse 5 says, those who are dominated... By the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6 says, So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Now, this is a moment where Paul takes just a, a few minutes to do a contrasting. And we find this happening multiple times in the New Testament. He paints the contrast between what is called the sinful nature, and in some places, in some versions, the Bible might refer to it as the flesh, the flesh. And when, we, when the Bible talks about the flesh, it's usually not talking about our actual skin and our actual physical bodies. It's talking about the sin nature in contrast to the Holy Spirit. So a lot of times in the New Testament, we see these passages that talk about the flesh the difference between following after the flesh or the sinful nature, following after the Holy Spirit or the Spirit. Now, I want to pause here. I don't have this on the screen or in your handout uh, notes, but I want to just, I want you to write something down for me. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 24. Galatians 5, 16 through 24. Hey, if you're watching online, put that in the chat. Somebody put that in the comments. Galatians 5, 16 through 24. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you don't take notes, your arrogance offends me. No, it doesn't. That's horrible. I, I'm just, I look for ways to use Liam Neeson lines in sermons. It's a problem, and it bothers people. But here's the thing. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 24 is the really, in my opinion, in the Bible, the best description, the best contrast between what a life guided and motivated by the sinful nature 
looks like as opposed to what a life guided and led by the Holy Spirit looks like. So check that out. Spend some time this week looking at that. But we look here and we see in verse 6, we actually find the title of our conversation, of the message today. And the title is, It's a Matter of Life and Death. It's a matter of life and death. Wouldn't it be horrible if something so critical was going on and playing out in our lives and we weren't aware what was at stake? Romans uh, 8, 5, and 6 remind us that this issue of sinful nature versus spirit is a matter of life and death. And so thankfully we are aware of that and we're going to spend time talking about it today. Matter of life and death. That reminds me of a, of a time in the Old Testament where Moses was giving a speech to the children of Israel. You guys remember Moses, Charlton Heston for the old guys, right, from, from the Ten Commandments? Young people looking at me like, I'm strange, thank you, I see that hand, the Lord is with you. Um, so anyway, Moses, at the end of his life, in fact, this is a, a, a verse that we're going to look at is um, taken from one of the very last speeches that he ever gave to the nation of Israel. And uh, so let's look at that. It's in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 19. Moses says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants may live. You can just hear the heart of Moses as the leader of the nation of Israel pleading, employing, begging the people to consider how critical it is to choose between following the, the commandments of God and blowing them off. And he says that if you follow the commandments of God, you'll be blessed. But if you blow them off, you'll be cursed. It's the difference between life and death. And Moses' words, they, they reach down through the millennia and they stand right up next to Paul's words to the first century Christian's in the ancient city of Rome. And they stand together and they say, they say, you can decide and please choose life. And those words are screaming out to us today in, in 2020. In October of 2020, God is trying to remind us and He's trying to urge us, saying, you get to choose what your life is dominated by, you get to pick. Please choose life. So in this matter of life and death, the determining factor, according to Romans 8, 5, and 6, the determining factor in this critical decision is our mindset. Say mindset. You guys are so much more responsive than the 9 o'clock crowd, but Cut them some slack. They had to get up early. Mindset. Mindset. Let's look back at verse 6, which we looked at just a moment ago. Verse 6 of Romans 8. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And when we talk about this controlling of the mind or what drives or dominates our our minds, letting the spirit or letting the sinful nature control our minds. This is not just, it, would, it might be tempting to reduce this down to just talking about uh, fleeting thoughts, 
or minor imaginations, minor things that might trip across our minds. We might even be tempted to say, well, I guess Paul just wants us to look on the bright side of life. And he wants us to think happy thoughts and glass half full and everything's going to be okay. And all those are wonderful. I think we should be positive people. But when you study what Paul is really saying, and like you get behind the, the Greek meaning, the meaning of the Greek words that were used, that Paul used in these sentences, you find out that what he's not talking about is just, a, he's not talking about a fleeting thought. He's not talking about something that like, what is it, uh, the joke you make when you're distracted, you go, oh, squirrel. You know, he's not talking about stuff like that. He's talking about literally, literal, like, like, laser intense focus like what our minds are intensely focused on so much so that the word the words almost paint the picture of energetically striving towards something so paul is saying whatever in your mind is inter- is, is energetically striving Whatever direction you're energetically striving towards is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death, and we get to choose. What are we energetically, what do we dominate? What are our thoughts dominated by? And remember, this is not just thought modification. This is actual life change, and I'll prove it to you. Later in this book of Romans, and we'll get to it many weeks from now, in, the, in, the, in chapter 12 of Romans, in the second verse, Paul talks about how we can choose to either be sort of kind of uh, shaped into the mold of whatever culture is around us, or whatever our circumstances. He says you can be, you can be conformed to the world, or, or you can be shaped by the culture around you, or you can be different. You can be transformed. You can actually morph into a different kind of person. And he says, Paul says, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, the way that you morph, the way that you transform is by changing the way you think. Changing it by renewing your mind. He's saying a renewed mind equals a changed life. How in the world is that possible? Some of us who have been around a little bit longer, some of us that are 50 years old, like myself, I've been on the planet for over five decades. You know what happens when you're on the planet that long? You're, well, a lot. Your knees hurt. Um, <laughs> teeth problems. But here's, here's what r- the real problem is, is that you get stuck in mindsets. You get stuck in certain ways of thinking. And it ends up shaping your life. And the good news is, is that you don't have to run out to Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com and order a Power of Positive Thinking book. What you can do is you can change the way you think by making more space in your life. Carving out just a little more space in your life for the words of God. A little more space. In your life. That's how we renew our minds. Look, I could renew my mind on a lot of junk. You know what I'm saying? I could renew my mind. I could find new things to think about that would not result in life and peace. But we 
can reshape our thinking so that it's controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. That's the promise that we're reading here in Romans chapter 8. This is a good thing. This is really cool. For me, it, is, it has been the decision over, over the, I would say over the last 10 or 11 years of my life, the decision to make more space in my mind, in my heart, and literally on my daily schedule, my weekly schedule, make more space for the things of God. Make more space for the things of God. And it has never been easier in, than in this culture right now to make more space for the words of God in your life. It's never been easier. Download the app for crying out loud. Download the app. You version. The logo is a little picture of a holy Bible. Then do a verse of the day and you just start making a space where you're going to every day put the words of God in. One time I was, I was working in, uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. I was assistant manager at Chick-fil-A. We didn't invent the chicken just the chicken sandwich. And so I was there, and it was a very difficult time in my life. And it was a very dark time in my life. My recovery journey had just begun. I was dealing with a lot of guilt, a lot of angst, a lot of shame. And I was about to take a break. I'm washing my hands, and I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, I'm about to take my break, my 15 minutes with my spicy chicken with American cheese because it kind of cools it down. And so I'm about to have my lunch, and I said, I thought, I have been hearing voices and words in my head all morning. The inner critic, the negative thoughts, the shameful words, all the just junk. I said, Lord, I've been listening to words all morning. I need 15 minutes of hearing the Father's words. And if you're honest, I think you can relate to that. I think we could say, I need more of the Father's words in my life. So make some space. That's the first and best and most effective step to renewing our minds. You guys ever heard of, you're talking about renewing our minds, you ever heard of uh, what's called the frequency illusion? It's a weird way our minds work. The frequency illusion, proven scientific, neurological fact that what we do is we are more aware of the things we focus on. We're more aware if we're, if we're concentrating on something, we see it everywhere. It has happened to you every time you have either shopped for a car or bought a car. And I've shared this with you guys before, that there was a time when I was, uh, I was ready, getting ready to buy a Kia Sorento. And I thought, I want to, Rhonda says, I want to see you in a Kia. So it was time. And so we're going to go with Kia Sorento. found this really unique color. I thought, you know, I never see that color. That is so cool. I've got a unique Kia Sorento, as if there's such a thing. But that's what I thought. And do you know what happened the next day? They're everywhere. Same color, same year, same rims, everything. It's the light in front of me. What happened? Was it just magically that day they started appearing? Did everybody buy a Kia Sorento on the same day as me? No, they were always there. I just didn't see it because I wasn't thinking about Kia Sorentos. And this happens in our life. This happens in the repetition of life. And we start seeing our life in a certain way. We go through something difficult. We get a bad break. And you're like, every day 
time it every time you get overlooked or rejected in some sort of situation at work or in a relationship and you go this always happens I knew this was going to happen this is the story of my life but if we were to choose to renew our minds based on the words of the Father, based on the promises of the Scripture and the truth about our God and how He operates, what He thinks of us. If we were to reshape our minds, the exact same things could happen to us. The exact same scenarios could play out, but we could find ourselves going, you know, I knew. I knew it. I knew God was going to come through for me in that situation. We go through something. You know what? God did it again. He always does that. He takes something bad and makes it awesome or brings something good out of it. I could have predicted this was going to happen because that's what God does. It's a story of my life. And it's a great story. That's what's... That's... Life and peace are available to us if we choose to let our minds be dominated by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to talk to you about a word that's not so cool, and it's a little freaky and intimidating. The word hostility. 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 Let's look at verse 7 and 8 of Romans 8. It says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. Literally impossible. Can't do it. Can't pull it off. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God, and this is the struggle. This is the battle. The sinful nature, the flesh, you know, is somehow termed, sometimes termed. The sinful nature is not neutral. So if we decide to just kind of do a hands-off approach and we'll just see what happens. We'll just kind of see how everything plays out and then I'll decide where I'm going to focus my thoughts and my energies and my, and, and, and my heart. If we, do, if we decide it, we're not just going to stay, we're not just going to coast, we will drift. The sinful nature is not neutral. We will drift. That's why we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. We do not wait to see what Monday is going to be like. wonder what kind of day you're going to have tomorrow. Guess who gets to decide? You do. We get to pick what kind of, and, and we decide on Sunday how we're going to approach Monday, and then it doesn't matter what happens. I mean, stuff will happen of consequence, stuff that matters, but it won't change our approach. It won't change our attitude. It won't change our vision or our awareness. We'll see difficulty. We might see even traumatic things take place, but we will, we will address those with the words of the Father instead of the emotions that arise in the moment. That's how we decide. We're intentional today about what Monday is going to be like. We can be intentional. Now, I'm going to pause right here. I'm going to do something tacky, all right? But I've been tacky before. Not the first time. won't be the last. I'm going to actually plug an event that we're doing. I'm the men's, uh, the leader of the men's ministry here at Church on the Trail, and we're having a men's event this weekend, and we're calling it Men's Weekend. 
because we're really good at naming things. The men's weekend is this Friday night and Saturday morning. And we're going to get together on the land Friday night, 6 to 9. And we're going to grill out. It's going to be awesome food. We're going to have a bonfire. Men and fire, what could possibly go wrong, right? And then, and, and we'll do some, some hanging out, some prayer, some worship around the bonfire. Saturday morning, we're going to get together for breakfast. And then we're going to have, uh, we're going to have a, an axe-throwing competition. See? It gets better, doesn't it? And we're going to have other feats of strength. It's going to be amazing. And then we're going to be done before kickoff of the first game, the early game. So don't panic, okay? It's, it's, just, it's just the morning. But we have a special guest coming in. We, we actually are calling this Fan the Flame because we're being intentional about stirring up the gifts that God has placed inside of us. And if we as men just approach life as, you know, we'll just see how it goes. We'll just see. I, I'm, not, I'm just going to let it play out. I'm going to let my... I'm going to let my finances play out. I'm going to let my life and my relationships with, with my spouse. I'm going I'm to let my parenting just, we'll see how it plays out. We will drift because the sinful nature is not neutral. We have to decide. So I'm going to pause right here, and I want to show you because we have a special guest coming this weekend. His name is Cameron Arnett. He is one of the stars of the movie Overcomer. If you haven't seen the movie Overcomer, I feel sorry for you, just going to be honest, and you have five days, so get on that and watch the Overcomer movie, and you will see Cameron Arnett, and he will be with us in person, our guest speaker, hanging out with us all weekend. He actually sent Ed a video this morning, 6 o'clock, and he's talking to us guys, all right? Very dude-specific message. Are you ready? Let's watch this video. Men, this is Cameron Arnett, and I am inviting you men's weekend. You don't want to miss it. We are fanning the flame. We are stirring the pot. We are allowing God to stir us up, to put everything back into order because he's calling us as his men. Got to be there. You got to participate in your own life. I mean, come on, man. Don't wait for somebody else to give you your own life. You got to come and be involved. And I'm inviting you to get involved, not only in your own life, but you know what? You're important to the guys that are around you. If you don't show up, Something in them may not show up. So we are inviting you to come October 16th and 17th, Men's Weekend. Are you a man? We need you to show up, and I need you to be there, because I will be there. God's going to stir the pot. Come and be a part of it. How cool is that? Isn't that great? Awesome. Ladies, sorry you can't come. But, um, guys, it's going to be amazing. So we hope you'll be there. It's 20 bucks. It covers all the food. Um, and, you know, the liability because of the axes and the fire, I guess, you know, whatever. Seriously, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. want you to be there. Don't miss it. I have a question for you. Moving, kind of transitioning. A question for you. Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? Moving on here in Romans chapter 8, uh, we're going to look at verse 9. And it says, verse 9 says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And then as a parenthetical statement, Paul says, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. This verse is a total good news, bad news verse. The first half of the verse is good news. The first half of the verse is saying, we belong to God. We, we don't have to be controlled by the sinful nature anymore. Why is it that we can be free from being controlled by our sinful nature? 
Why? Is it because we're just awesome? Well, yeah, we're awesome and, and really, really good looking. But here's the thing. It's not, that's not what makes it happen. What makes it happen is the sacrifice of Jesus. We belong to God because of the sacrifice of Jesus, substitutionary. He substituted for us so that we could turn from our sins and, be, and belong to God. This is who we are. We belong to him, and we don't have to be controlled by the sinful nature. We are controlled by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, and we're moving and walking and, and functioning, operating through our life side by side with God, side by side with our Heavenly Father who loves us regardless of the mess that we may have made of our lives. There's a, there's a, one of my favorite authors, his name is John Lynch. He, he wrote a book called uh, True Faced, and he's written many others. And we use him a lot in our recovery ministry because he's great at reminding us that we as men in my men's recovery ministry, and this applies to all of us today, we are, we are broken, we're brokenhearted, and we're jacked up, but we're beloved of our Heavenly Father. He is crazy about us. And it's hard to hear and it's hard to understand sometimes, but it is true. And it is true because we, because we clothe ourselves in the sacrifice of Christ and we are made right with God. That's what the whole book of Romans up to this point has been about. But John Lynch says, no matter what messes I've gotten myself into, God says, God the Father points at me and says, I'm very fond of that one. That one right there, he is a delight to me. This is this beautiful, this miracle that happens in our lives when we clothe ourselves in the, in the sacrifice of Christ. We belong to him and we can be set free. We have freedom from the, from the control of the sinful nature. Now, the second half of the verse is kind of the bad news because it basically said that not everybody belongs to God. Not everybody belongs to God. If there, if, if, if there are some of us who have never bowed the knee and invited Christ into our lives, if that's us, we don't belong to God in the manner in which that Paul is speaking of in Romans chapter 8. We are outside. The Holy Spirit is not within us. And without the Holy Spirit, we don't belong to God. But here's, here's the deal. God wants a relationship with, it, with you. God wants a relationship with us. And I want to take just a moment right here in this, in this time, and I want to invite you to do what I have done, to do what many of us have done, and that is to turn from our sin and turn from our old life and ask God to forgive us of our sins because of the sacrifice of Jesus and to enter a relationship with God whereby he will plant and pour the Holy Spirit into us and we can live a life that is free of the control of the sinful nature. Maybe you're here in the room and you've never done that. You've never kick-started your relationship with God in that way. Maybe you're watching on this video. Let's take just a moment and pray, and I will lead you through a prayer. They're not magic words, but it will help you communicate to God. So let's pray. If you want to turn from your sin 
and invite Jesus to be the leader of your life and invite the Holy Spirit to come dwell inside of you and ask God to forgive you of your sins. If you want that, repeat this prayer after me. Father in heaven, please help me turn from my sin. Please help me turn from my old life. Please forgive my sin. I place my faith in Jesus. Jesus, be my Lord and my leader. In Christ we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you just became born again. It was the best decision you ever made. And you're going to have so many awesome conversations with God over the years of your life. It's going to be Amazing. Listen, uh, but here's what I would encourage you to do. Download that Bible app. Start getting the Bible, the words of God into your day. Talk to somebody. Call, call. You could even comment in the, in the video thread or in the, in the chat. Call us. Let us know. Fill out one of those uh, connection cards. Call your mama. Call you somebody you know has been praying for you. You let them know, I made the decision. To give my life to Christ. You belong to God and miracles are possible now in your life. It's going to be amazing. Isn't that cool? Now, listen. We're going to wrap this up. If, if this whole decision about being controlled and dominated by the sinful nature or the Holy Spirit, if it's a matter of life and death, you know what's awesome? Is that we serve a God who can take us from death to life. He doesn't put us in this bizarre Kobayashi Maru no-win scenario. What he does is he says, here's what's at stake, and I got you. I got you. I can take you from death to life. Now, if you were paying attention during the song service, song portion of our service, we were hollering and singing and clapping about God doing that. Every, almost every song talked about that because we're, we're concentrating today on the fact that God can take us from death. He can literally take us from death to life. Let's look at Romans uh, 8, verses 10 through 11. All right? It says, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. We have been made right with God. That is good news. Verse 11 says, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, that, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by that same Spirit that is living with you. This is a beautiful promise. That, and, and what it's saying is that one day, when our bodies finally give out, and when we end our life on this earth, that we will... We will spend eternity with God in, in glorified bodies. It's a beautiful thing. In addition to that, this theme of God being able to take us from death to life, Ed talked about it uh, briefly right before we started our conversation today. He says the greatest miracle of all. It's the greatest miracle of all that we were spiritually dead because sin doesn't make us bad people. Sin makes us dead people. And the only thing that can happen for a dead person is 
check his pockets for loose change. That's from the Princess Bride. You remember that scene? Anyway, or, or resurrection power, resurrection miracle. God bringing us from death to life, the greatest miracle of all. And that miracle, that approach, that whole vibe about death to life continues in our entire faith journey. And here's how I want to explain this to you. Back in 1999, the, the NFL was taken by storm by the St. Louis Rams. Now, St. Louis, they moved back to L.A. They're at L.A. Rams now. But they were in St. Louis at the time, and they were no good before. And then out of nowhere in, in 1999, they became the best team in football under the leadership of a quarterback named Kurt Warner, now in the Hall of Fame, great Christian guy. They were so good. They ran up scores like crazy. They were just, nobody could stop them. They called them the greatest show on turf. So they were amazing. They won every game. I mean, they only lost three games that year, but every game they played in their home stadium, they won every game. In fact, they were only behind in the score during the entire season for four minutes. They were that good. It was just like roll the ball out there and just let them get another W. It was crazy. Everybody knew they were going to win the Super Bowl. Nobody could stay on the, on, on the, on the field with them. Well, um, their first playoff game was against the Minnesota Vikings, who were a good team but not a great team, and everybody knew there was no chance Minnesota would win this game. But at halftime of their first playoff game, Minnesota was ahead 17-14, to 14, and people were freaking out. How in the world can this happen? Nobody, they hadn't even been behind in a game for four minutes. They were behind almost the, the entire first half. What's going to happen? Well, they came out in the second half, and they just mopped the floor with the Vikings, and they won big, and it wasn't even close. And people said to the coach, what did you say to them to, like, turn the switch and flip the switch? And he said, I'll tell you what I told them. The coach looked at him and said, that team is good, but they're not as good as us. They played their best half of football that they've played in two years. That team played the best they could. They played way over their heads. They surprised everybody. They, we took their best shot. We took their best shot, and they couldn't bury us. They only got us by three points. We took their best shot, and they couldn't bury us. Now, the reason I tell you that story is because I want you to know that everything that happens in your life, everything you go through, Everything, every disappointment you encounter, every time you mess up and really get your life off the rails, every time you endure a trauma, every time you even have just a simple bad day, it's designed to bury you. That's what, that's what they're out there trying to do, the enemy. He's trying to bury you. He's trying to take you off your game. He's trying to eliminate you. He's trying to squash that destiny, that plan that purpose that God has for you. But I'm here to tell you, and the promise of resurrection power that we read in Romans 8 is here to tell you that they can't bury you. They can't do it. You'll take their best shots. Look at us. We're still here. Look at all the stuff we've been through. Look at all the stuff we're still going through. Think about the stuff we're going to have to go through. Oh, my word. They, could, they still couldn't bury us. We're here. We're praising God, we're serving God, and we're choosing God. And it's not over. We're here. We may be heartbroken. We might be struggling, but it's not over. And he didn't bury us. Stand to your feet. We're going to sing a song to close out this conversation. 
It's a way for us to pray together, to offer a declaration prayer in song to God. And the song says, I have resurrection power. I have been set free. So I challenge you right now, choose today. Choose today what you're going to be dominated by. What your thoughts are going to be guided by and motivated by. Choose today what tomorrow is going to be like. Choose in this moment to declare, I have resurrection power. And it doesn't matter what I go through. It will not bury me. It will not win because God is with me. I belong to him and he is going to bring death. He's going to bring life out of death. He's going to take that death. He's going to flip the script and he's going to win. In Jesus' name, amen? Take us there. All right.